Welcome to Do I Still Love It, the show that takes a nostalgic look back at stuff from our childhood and re-examines whether we had good taste or were simply mindless children who would consume anything. I'm Marshall James. And I'm Laura Weiss. And every week, along with a guest, we explore something from our childhood, such as a film, TV show, genre music, whatever, to determine Do I Still Love It? And our guest tonight is actor and comedian Sean George. Hi, everybody. Hey, Hey. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for being our guinea pig. This is our very first episode. Yeah, welcome to the first episode. We tooled around for a while to figure this all out, and now we're going to take take her out for a spin. So Sean and I know each other from uh, the Second City here in Hollywood, uh, where we make with the funny on yeah. stage. We had our uh, original review, uh, The Ambivalent Seven. Yep, Laura is one of the few people who got to see it. Yeah, audiences uh, uh, did not come. I, I, yeah, I don't say raved is the word, but audiences were, were at raves. They were, were, they were, they they were, were not, not at our there. show. They were at dinner events. But uh, they might have had previous engagements. Which is fine. I I'm not going to judge them. And uh, you, you still currently do the funnies. I still I'm, currently do the funnies. Uh, right now I'm focusing more on uh, uh, film funnies. Uh, we've got a movie that I've directed we're releasing it direct to vimeo oh it's awesome. nice yeah. uh it's oh, called great. dick ripper nice it's a it's a horror sounds comedy. painful it is uh, the goal is to make any man going to the movie kind of cringe as they leave I oh like, like sort of like teeth yeah the movie teeth exactly i was gonna say sounds but a little more direct i feel like they're gonna <laughs> less, be cringy. less like the teeth you yeah. won't guess where the teeth are i feel like teeth kind of beat around the bush uh, as a figure of speech? I meant to everything I just said. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, I feel like with a name like Dick Ripper, you're making them cringe as they walk in. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. No one... Yeah. Just just yeah. you saying it, I'm yeah. cringing a bit. Dick I'm Ripper. cringing, and yeah. I don't even have, have a one. penis. Penis? Uh, penis. <laughs> <laughs> Peanuts. Um, I don't even have peanuts. Uh, what else do I do? I also uh, am the head writer and co-producer of The Mary Dolan Show, which is a variety show. It's a fantastic show. Yeah. Well, Petey Gibson is a uh, comic genius, and yeah. everyone should be checking checking Petey's stuff out. When we have a website, it will be under marydolanshow.com. So, uh, speaking of shows, uh, tonight's show, we are doing the Richard Donner 1985 classic, The Goonies. I didn't realize Richard Donner directed this until yeah. just now. Well, what's crazier is my Richard... hope was it was the Richard Donner cut, like like Superman <laughs> two. Like he just got yeah. the film footage and just I'm making my Goonies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so here's the, so okay, so here's the weird thing. So Richard Donner is got the directing credit, and uh, Chris Columbus wrote it. Like he he did this he did the screenplay. Steven Spielberg came up with the idea for the story, what? and then Steven Spielberg was on set the entire time. Sean Astin, who's our star in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, better known as Samwise from or the Lord Rudy. of the Rings, or Rudy. Rudy, Samwise, come uh, on. Point is, They're the same character. I mean, Rudy, if you're one generation, Sam, if you're another. Point is, uh, Sean Astin apparently commented in his book that uh, Steven Spielberg and Richard Donner sort of co-directed this movie this together. This feels like a, a Spielberg film, and I'm excited to watch it again because I always assumed Spielberg directed it. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, I think as a little kid, I think when I think about The Goonies, as a kid, I remember like I loved the Indiana Jones movies, yeah. and it felt like Goonies was like Indiana Jones for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, short okay. Round is in it. We uh, and Strangely yeah. enough, Short Round is in both movies. It's yeah. like Steven Spielberg is like, I like that little Asian kid. He's funny. <laughs> I, I'm going to use you twice. Uh, now, it's funny because I don't have any, like, 
I, if you ask me like what my emotional impression is, mm-hmm. it's nothing because I just remember little snippets. Yeah. I don't think I've seen this movie since I was six years old. Wait, so what? Like, give me a snippet that you remember. I remember the brother, the older brother, using that like stretcher thing, and then it snapping back. On oh, him. Josh Brolin. Oh. Yeah, I remember oh, yeah. Josh Brolin like trying to be a Those big things, guy, and then I think it's snapping. I think back because on him. of this movie, though, that exercise device, the springs, terrified me as See, a child. Oh, had... me too. I always had the fear of that and trampolines based on the same. Uh, that you get your technology. arms or legs yeah, snapped in just... the thing. Yeah, we had. We actually had one of those in my house. Oh god. And oh, I god. always, and my brother's a lot older than me. You poor and child. He was about the same age as Josh Brolin in this movie, and so like I used to watch my brother use it, and I was just like. Him. Oh, oh yeah. Um, well, I grew up. So I grew up on Martha's Vineyard, where Jaws was shot. Oh, nice. Okay. So, so Steven Spielberg was very prevalent in in sort of just my understanding of movies because okay. everyone's like Jaws, Jaws, Jaws. So this, I didn't really feel like this was Indiana Jones for me, but it did feel like oh, this feels a lot like a like I said, felt a lot like a Steven Spielberg movie. But what's the name of the mom? The uh, the Beagle Boy mom. What is her name? Oh, I. Well, they're actress. the Fratellis. The Fratellis. I, but I don't know the I don't know the actress's name. There was name, a thing but yeah. that my father used to. But always she's also say. the mama from Throw Mama from the Train. Yeah. And she's also <laughs> the homeless woman in Scrooge, asking oh, Bill Murray to be oh, Richard Burton. I had Burton. no she idea. She had a great yeah. career. She did. But my she father, just always plays my the father's the guy lady. who would watch a movie several times, and then you'd watch the movie with him, and he would say things that were going to happen as if he was predicting it, even though we all knew, Dad, you'd seen this movie. Yeah, but wait, just wait till, just wait till this door opens. It's like, Dad, you know what's going to happen, do I? And my father was not even that couth about it. Um, but anyway, so he would always tell the story whenever the Goonies was brought up about that woman and how she bit her tongue off. What? Wait, when? In the movie? In the movie? It, I don't know. She, he's like, she's got no lines in the movie because she was in an accident and bit her tongue off. This is... I have not taken the time to confirm this, whether or not it's true Whoa. or Okay, or so this mystery. is very important. Before our conclusions, we will have looked this, this up. Will, yeah. I will do some research and Absolutely. figure out whether Ma Fratelli ever bit her tongue off. <laughs> At the end of this episode, you will find out. Well, she couldn't have bit her tongue off in this movie because she definitely has lines in Throw Mama from the Train, and I'm almost certain Throw Mama from the Train came out after this As movie. far as I, she never aged. I mean, it, she... <laughs> Right. She, Maybe I mean, they filmed them simultaneously. She's not a human. She's just yeah, a She was a tongueless character. robot. Um, <laughs> a robot. A so, robot. So Laura remembers some scenes. Do you have a general feeling you get, uh, Sean, when you think about the Goonies? Uncomfortable, because I always go to sloth. Like, my memory is okay. so much about... And, and growing up as a kid, yeah, it was always like, Rocky Road. And it would just be like, why are you saying that? <laughs> and, and, like, you know, it would terrify my young self, and it was very associated with my older sister. This was definitely, like, a oh. movie for her. Okay. And I was the brother. How much older is she then? Uh, she's five years older. Okay. So I was definitely the younger brother always sort of around when Goonies was on. So I didn't That's really... That's funny. I feel the same way. I feel like my brother really loved Goonies. Yeah. He was a, maybe like a few years older than the kids in the movie. Yeah. But I always felt like it was my brother's movie. Yeah. And and, I, I agree. I never and, thought about and it. What, yeah. And what you said makes a lot of sense. Snippets. Because I never really processed it as a movie with a full arc. It's just these horrible moments uh, and and then a, the one-eyed Willie shows up, and you're just—it's just little tastes of nightmares for me. Well, as the <laughs> as the eldest sibling, I like, and this movie came out when I was like two years old. So like, obviously, I don't think I saw it when I was two. But like, by time I was like five, six, seven, or eight, like this was still like part of the oh kids see this movie mm-hmm. canon. Like, so I must not have seen it in theaters. 
But I mean, I couldn't have seen like E.T. in theaters, and it was still like a part of my childhood too. This this movie, uh, and Goonies included, was part of a library of films that my father had taped off of TV. Of course, yes. So there was the masking tape VHS tape with the Sharpie oh, Goonies. Oh, yep. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was mine too. Yeah, it, too. this was split between, uh, this This got as much viewing as uh, Star Trek Three for me. Oh, nice. I watched so much Star Trek Three and chopped to bits because my father was very impatient when it came to pressing record and and pause and unpausing for commercials. Oh, okay. Because you can't have commercials when you're watching it. So when you're recording it off the TV, you pause during the commercial break and you try to get a sense of it. Uh, and Inevitably so you'd miss. You'd always, yeah. Princess Bride is about half as long <laughs> in my, my house same growing thing, up. Like, I think this was on the same VHS as Brave Little Toaster. Yeah. And Brave Little Toaster was recorded off Disney, which didn't have commercials during movies, mm-hmm. but Goonies was recorded off like TNT. Yeah. And so I think it did have like just sudden breaks, Cindy Lauper music just suddenly yeah. starts. We just, like, just out of let nowhere. the commercials go, which I actually oh. love as the years went on. Yes. Because like toys would show up. You'd be like, oh yes, Pop-O-Matic Trouble. I love <laughs> the Pop-O-Matic exactly. Trouble. Exactly. Like, oh man, that that game that I have in the back closet that I got when I was three, I could play that at seven. Right. I think the yeah. biggest the biggest shock uh, uh, as a result of watching movies taped off of TV was Blazing Saddles because I watched <laughs> a edited for TV version that was mutilated I by my father, and then imagine. I see the whole thing. I didn't even know the N word was in it. Right. <laughs> so I alone, that's what it's about. Do they? Yeah. Do they now do they do you remember do you remember if they blank it out or if they if they throw in like one of those made oh, they for just, TV they just blanked it out okay. yeah they they weren't that creative like find a stranger in the alps or yeah whatever. this is what happens when you find, find a stranger, stranger in the alps that's a wow the big lebowski tv edit so for those of you listening at home this is the time when you pop those tocinos pizza rolls in the oven and you bust out your capri sun and flip on richard donner's goonies so we answer if we still love it Hey, you guys! Hey, you guys! Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Wow, do you guys realize what we could do? I don't want to go on any more of your crazy Goonie adventures. Meet Mikey. I gotta go fast. Brand. Andy. Shame, shame. Come on, Brand. Slip with the tongue. That's disgusting. No, I can't even look. Mouth. I got you. Now get out from behind her. You're ruining the painting. You're You're ruining my job. Stephanie. Data. Booty bangers. Ow. Guys, isn't that neat? And Chunk. Swapped. They call themselves the Goonies. They've stumbled onto a legend. But they're not alone. Chunk, I hope that was your stomach. No. That's the it. Sounds like Kong. Discover what they uncover. Lost map. Oh, I started the title. The secret caves. Hey, Mikey, you can hear me. Run, run. They're coming after you. The hidden clues. Mikey, the 
treacherous traps. Hello, Sheriff. I'm at the Lighthouse Lounge, and I want to report for a murder. Just like that last prank about all those little creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. Take the oath. Join the adventure as Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. All right, so that was Goonies. Uh, let's just that get was right. Goonies. Let's get right into. Sean, what's some of your initial impressions? How is this similar or different than you remember from your childhood? You know, because we started this this adventure, tonight's adventure, and Laura and I were kind of on the same page where we were saying, like, we only remember moments of this movie. It isn't really, oh, I remember this arc or anything. And I'm still in the same place. Me too. Like, coming out of this, I'm like, oh, my God, so much happens and nothing happens in the Goonies. <laughs> yep. the, the first 40 minutes. What happened? There's like I feel like there's kind of constant exposition going on to no end. Yeah, like for no real purpose. It's like oh, and then there's this bit, and they're constantly trying to pull at your heartstrings, and it doesn't work until you match up a portly young boy and a monster who's been (laughs) chained up to to the TV his whole life. Like there's no genuine feelings until those two meet up. Yeah, I think what I realized is I don't remember much from this movie because it's a highly forgettable film. Yeah. I think the thing that struck me, like, is uh, this movie is so scattershot. It feels kind of like if kids invented a movie they thought was going to be cool. Oh, yeah. It's interesting that this movie is, like, written by Chris Columbus and from a story by Steven Spielberg. But, like, Steven Spielberg was able to bring us, like, E.T. and Jaws and stuff before this movie, which are a lot more complete, like... Mm. And yet, like, this movie just feels kind of like you just sat some kids down and be like, all right, kids, we're going to make a movie. Here's your, you know, 38, oh, can 35 I, millimeter. Can I be... Can, yeah, can I be this cool kid that always You'll talks to girls? You'll do whatever you want, kid. I want to I I wanna, wanna make machines I want to have a cool coat. bunch of inventions. Okay, but we're going to go... We're going to go Got find a, a pirate. I want a sandwich. Yeah, we're gonna have a pirate ship. Well, but yeah, I want to do with gangsters. Okay, what if we did gangsters that are protecting a pirate ship? Okay, but then there's got to be dead FBI guys. Okay, I'm just coming from a piano lesson, and I'm a girl discovering myself. All right, fine, we'll shove I that d- in too. I just want to. Plus, we a- need a pretty girl. Oh yeah. yeah, but there's two girls here. Well, yeah, you we just need gotta be a the ugly pretty girl. girl. <laughs> here, we're gonna put You're glasses on you because this is 1985, and glasses equal fugly. Yeah, no guy makes passes at girls who wear glasses. Oh. What happens? Somebody steps on her glasses, turning this ugly duckling into a goose. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it bothered Martha Plimpton that she's like, why do I have to play second banana to to this girl? Like, we are of equal levels of attractiveness. Why do I I gotta have the glasses on? Marshall, I think what you pulled out of this movie is is a growing, if not undeniable, crush for Martha Plimpton. I I gotta say, like Martha Plimpton, like. She definitely did well, it for me. While you were in here setting up, Laura, he's, he was on his phone like, you know, she still got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I think even as a, yeah, I think as a kid, well, because I think as a kid, like, I was always into, like, every 
team of people that had two girls. There was always the pretty girl and the nerdy girl. So you got like Daphne and Velma. And so I was always more into Velma than but Daphne. Let me, let me ask you this though, because Velma, like she had, she she was a better detective. She had things going for her. Right. Um, the Marianne And Daphne was just kind of an idiot. Yeah. yeah. So like, you liked, you liked. But and I liked Marianne density. versus Ginger. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's, let me ask you this though. Martha Plimpton's character, <laughs> other than being the less attractive girl, was what? Literally the same character as the other girl. It's true. They were both kind of. Yeah, it, it was the almost unnerving no, no, no. when there were moments where they were like, yeah, we're both girls, but all she was was the lesser girl. It's important for me to say that I watch everything through the eye of a person with a degree in women's studies. And so Ooh. I watch everything through the eye of how are they portraying the females in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. like slightly exhausting. However, for this, it's actually really interesting. Yeah. How they treated the girls in this was horrendous. Yes. It was so bad. It was clearly written by men. And they clearly were like, Clearly well, written by young boys. I feel like, I, yeah, I feel like yeah, clearly yeah. written by Corey Feldman as the movie was being made. Yeah, it was clearly written by, and, and maybe maybe also written a little bit by, by Sean Astin because he got to kiss the hot girl. Oh, right, yeah. that's true. And she said, you're a great kisser. Yeah. yeah. And then she goes, the parts of you, is she referencing his lungs because he has his, his, lung problems? His, yeah, his alleged... Poorly functioning. I don't really think that Well, that they made several like a... references to pneumonia, and it's like, if that kid had pneumonia, one, didn't he just give pneumonia to that blonde chick who then gave pneumonia to his brother? I don't know why you think that girl is blonde. She is a brunette. She is a brunette. You are... You... In my mind, all cheerleaders are blonde. <laughs> but, but, Laura, you're t- no, you're totally right, because the... the women aren't even anything, and, you know, it's not just she's the other uglier girl. The main girl is just the girl. Yeah, right. Like, right. All she does is be the object of affection. I mean, for and then these there's horrible that horrible like, dudes. She she rotates between three personalities of I'm horny. Yeah, I don't think she call ever me, le- leaves that one. Yeah, call me. There's that whole weird monologue where she's like, "Call me pretty, aren't I pretty? I don't don't I have a nice body? I, I should have let him look at my body. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck was that? I, I think she was know. freaking out. That I feel like what she was saying was. I'm scared of this adventure I went on because I decided to get out of Troy's car and follow Josh Brolin. And then she goes, I should have just stayed with Troy and let him look at my body. Like, basically she's saying... That's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. It's even worse than you think. She's basically basically saying, I should have had uncomfortable, coerced, heavy petting with Troy where I would have been been safe. I should have maybe been date raped because that is safer. Safer than being in this dungeon with this corpse. Yeah. I this, mean, is, this is what happens when you let preteen actors monologue. I feel yeah. like they just cut them loose. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you're freaking out and go. <laughs> yeah. Wait, okay. Does this, speaking to uh, feminine studies major here, do you think that at any point this movie passed the Bechtel test? Because we do have two named female characters. Were they ever talking about anything other than boys? Um, Ma Fratelli never talks t- about boys. T- but she never talks to a girl either. So, so yeah. here's here's two things I really enjoy. Uh-huh. So you have two female characters in the mother and the Mexican woman, but she doesn't speak Spanish. So they never communicate. So they never communicate. So the Bechdel test fails between the mother and Rosalita. Sure. They never speak so then. <laughs> they always speak with a male intermediary, so that scene fails the Bechdel test. Yes. And then the only... I, I'm going through and I'm thinking about all the interactions between the girls, and there's only one moment 
when they're talking about something other than a boy that I can remember. And that is when they're both, like, um, Ma Fratelli comes in and she's like, put down the jewels! And they're both doing dress up, which pissed me off. Uh-huh. And then they, like, walk up, they're all scared, they look at each other and they're like, oh, I like that! Yeah. I like that cat! Yeah. And then yeah. Ma Fratelli's like, stop it! And they're like, oh, God! I think that is the only time. Do they wait? They don't even interrupt the the Montfortelli doesn't even stop it. They yeah. let that scene and run right. out. <laughs> so, what, do, do they ever talk in the wishing well about what? No, I think they're talking to no. Mouth then. Yeah, she, Mouth's doing all the no, talking. No, I, I then, am pretty sure that this does not pass the Bechdel test. Oh, oh wow. yeah, I mean, and I don't for think the listeners even... at home, uh, the Bechdel test it's is quite a simple test. Yeah, it's <laughs> a it's a very simple test that a movie can only pass the Bechdel test if two. Female characters both have names. They have a conversation together, and that conversation has to be something not about men. And you'd be shocked at how many do not pass. How, yeah. how, uh, so how you'd I be shocked at how few ever qualify. Yeah. So, no. Th- th- this was a really painful movie to watch as a girl because I realized that the girls were just place fillers. Bechdel aside, it, it's a painful movie to watch just as a human. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I really have no love for this movie. Oh wow! I would not. I, I'm done. I'm done with the Goonies in my life. You don't I think you ever watch it again? I don't have to. So I have to ask you the question: Do you still love it? No, I'll, I'll watch Rocky Four 18 times in a row Whoa. before I even consider going to. Go- I, I want to. Go- his his response is so negative. I almost feel bad for wasting his evening. Wait, no. <laughs> there was pizza rolls. I feel yeah. fine about tonight. Uh, Laura? Pizza, pizza rolls are a resounding success. Uh, no, I don't. You don't no. still love it? No. I didn't hate it. I did not hate it. It was it was charming at times. And, oh, we, we really do need to point out that the storyline between Chunk and Sloth is truly what the film should have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It right. should have been a buddy comedy. Absolutely. Like, from the jump. The, 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 the whole movie, I was hoping for some sort of nostalgic rush or some sort yeah. of like, oh, I remember this is so great. The only time that got delivered was the sloth and chunk scenes, totally, which are not horrifying now watching it as an adult. It's really sweet, really endearing. And I genuinely, that moment, uncomfortable as it is, when everybody's going underneath sloth's legs and chunk comes back like, you have to come with us, and he can't. That was like a real moment for me in this really weird movie where, yeah, the only compelling thing is a monster and a fat kid getting yeah. on because nobody likes them. Now, this is a moment that I has kind of has kind of annoyed me. The stakes are built up here that Sloth is going to get trapped, that he's sacrificing himself for Chunk. But then like 10, 20 minutes later, they found a way out anyway. Look, Jesus died for your sins and got to go to heaven. So. Well, so here's my question is, do you think do you I mean, but well, but yeah, but like, Jesus had to wait at least three days <laughs> to get out of the cave. <laughs> that was Sloth's 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he got out on Good Friday. Like, the same day he got put in, cat came right out. My he question is, is do, you think, do you think there was a version of this movie where the Fratellis, including Sloth, are just trapped in that cave forever, and they tested it with audiences, and maybe the audiences were like, Crying. No, this is too sad. Because the movie oh. still has its resolution. Like, the pirate ship doesn't need to come out. Like, Rosalita discovering the, the gems saves the goondocks. The movie ends on a happy note, even though the Fratellis die. Do you think that they might have showed it with audiences and, like us, they loved Sloth and Chunk and were really upset that 
that sloth doesn't that, make it out. I feel like you're assuming a, a certain level of uh, uh, caring about what the audience thinks because there were so many other fixes <laughs> that needed to happen. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, maybe there was a version of the movie in an early script where Sloth then becomes a pirate captain and there's nah. another half an hour of the movie. I zoom in as it goes off and he's like... <laughs> I would have much... that so well. <laughs> I would much prefer a movie where Chunk goes, fuck my family, yeah. I'm going away to become a, a cabin boy to... You know, I'm Captain Chunk with my pilot First mate Sloth. sloth. Rocky Road. What if what if what if Chunk's like you're gonna live with me and Sloth just says no, yeah, and just drags Chunk onto the pirate ship and they just go off to the. We're gonna be pirate, pirate, yeah, and then and then they just the movie never ends. Yeah, Yeah, we just watch them as these two people that love ice cream. I mean, it becomes a franchise. Die, right, right. Yeah, you know. Then it's no. I'm I'm just thinking we just watch them starve in real time. (laughs) Well, that was most of the movie, just watching people. Yeah, I was gonna say, do we get a final minute count? Because this movie did seem like it dragged, and I don't think it's so just the pacing. I paid attention. Thank God someone did. And um, so the movie's about, an, I think it's an hour or 50-something. Mm. That's and long for a kid's yeah, movie. Yeah, it's long. Um, and when we stopped it, we were at minute at two to say, wow, this has been nothing we but exposition. We were 48 minutes in. 48 minutes in to a one-hour and 50-minute movie. And I do feel that right around the time we stopped it is when the whole thing kind of changed. The movie started, yeah. So... It's just that first act is so, it was so a, long. About 50 minutes of exposition and an hour and 10 minutes of movie. And it's uh, so much time in exposition with characters that are archetypes. Mm-hmm. They are nothing more than archetypes. I, in fact, they're such archetypes that I remember as a kid, I was sure this was not the only movie about them. Yeah. Or that, oh. or I thought this was like a movie adaptation of a TV show I'd never seen. <laughs> the Goonies because if you watch, and the Moth Egg. I mean, and I will notice this this time when I watched it. The characters in this feel kind of gelled already. Like, like there, it, it's weird for a movie that has so much exposition in it. There is no exposition about the characters themselves. Oh you, yeah, you sort of just figure out that Chunk is this fat Jewish kid from, that is neurotic and stuff because of the things he says. But there's never a whole lot of like who these kids are. Like we were guessing at the plot to this movie because there's almost no talk about like what the Goondocks are, what is being. Bo- I didn't know that the Goondocks were a thing until in halfway fact, through the viewing tonight. Them. Better name. I would, yeah, yeah I, w- I would imagine that 90% of the people who've watched this movie and claim to love it could not tell you why they are called the Goonies. Because I had completely forgotten the Goondocks was I what I they never do. knew. I never knew. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I say you were you were guessing at the plot for most of We were guessing at the plot until the very end. I think you I, said oh, there was a resolution. I don't know what was resolved. Right, because I mean, they, they come out with just Rosalina a handful. Rosalina saved the day. Yeah. But it, they She's came the out with like a handful of jewels. And uh, granted, I'm no jeweler, but I don't know how much a handful of jewels, if that can buy an entire country <laughs> club's worth of well, land. I think it's just the one house. And they and that house is it. They plan the country club around that one location. I don't know. Well, and the other thing is, because uh, I'm pretty sure Data 
and uh, mouth all have to probably move. That's not enough no, jewels I, I, to save their right. Whole that's house. what I mean. Like, like is, is that enough it. jewels to buy the entire peninsula? So we this... find out that just um, just, Mikey just Brandon, and Brandon Mikey's, Mikey's house, house gets saved. saved. <laughs> it's like, oh great! I'm glad you managed to keep some of the rich stuff mm-hmm. because of your love relationship with this dead pirate. Yeah. Well, but and the other thing is. Didn't the guys in the beginning, the FBI agents, when they're, or not the FBI, well, they called them feds, but when the feds hand over the paperwork, didn't they say, your dad has to sign this by tomorrow, and your guys are off the land? Well, you can't just give them jewels. You'd have to sell the jewels and get the money. Like, you're having to tell the feds, you have to wait a couple of days or weeks or however long it's going to take. Let's even take that part of the bargain out. What is he signing? Yeah. I guess he's signing over the manifest and to take over his... And what if he doesn't? They are going to just take the house? So I... why bother with the signature? Um, this is not uh, a children's movie. No. Oh, not in any way. Um, there, are, there are dick jokes. There are at least three... Dick jokes. There are at least three live corpses and at least a dozen skeletons. There is an entire section where Corey Feldman says in Spanish about all of the drugs in the house. And, and sexual dungeon. sex dungeon. And then tells her that if she does anything wrong, they're going to lock her in an attic for two days without... Oh, two weeks without any food or, food or water. water. Right. Like that threatening is literally to fucked. Yeah, yeah. But then we also have a, a like a, a deformed, mentally handicapped man chained to a basement wall. I love how so many and things they in this movie. And they say shit. And they say so shit. So many things in this movie are so not PC now. No. Right. Oh, and like they, they're threatening to cut mouths. Uh, tongue off. Tongue off. They are threatening to stick Chunk's hand in a blender. Like, there's a lot of threat. of, th- And the kids get shot at a bunch. Which brings me to the question, would you show this to your own children if you had them? No. Because I would have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I would have, or hear it in the other room while they're chained to the wall. I don't know. <laughs> so, I didn't answer earlier. I think there is a part of me that still loves it. You're defending this. You, like, you are, you are... well, here's the thing. Chunk is still hilarious. Yeah, yes. I will Chunk and Sloth's relationship is still darling. Uh, like all the adventure elements, like the booby traps and the water slide and the pirate ship, like still cool to me. Mm. You know, a, a lot of the other stuff is really kind of stupid, but I feel like the parts that mattered to me as a kid are still cool to me as an adult, like the pirate ship, the adventures and all that stuff. So while, yeah, the pacing is terrible, and I don't know if any children I have who will probably have terrible ADD because they're born (laughs) in the internet age will be able to sit through it all, but if they can sit through it all, I think I'd show it to them. Although there is, like, there are a lot of scary moments in here. Yeah. She seemed to have blocked out as a kid. Now, I think it would be really cool to see this movie cut from the angle of Chunk. Oh, yeah. It like, would be about five, 45 minutes long. Oh, it would be perfect. And it would be so fun. Yeah. Is the implication that Chunk and Sloth slid down the water slide? I'm really mad we did not see Moff Fratelli go <laughs> down the water slide, but surely she had ah! to. Ah! And the, but uh, the Sloth, <laughs> Chunk would be riding Sloth down the oh, slide. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So here's here's my challenge to you two. You've been asked to helm the Goonies reboot. Oh, oh nice. Nice. How, oh, wow. How would you handle that? Because you can't do that movie now. No, no, no. <laughs> 
I don't know if the gangsters matter at all. What the fuck do these gangsters have to... Why are they in this movie? They felt very cartoonish. They actually kind of felt what's like Rocky and Bullwinkle. Well, like I felt the only reason they even existed was to answer the question that would be, why don't they just turn around and go back out of the yeah. cave? So there had to be something keeping them going, but that could be solved by something as simple as... Instead of a, a haunted old house, if they just went into a cave, which would make a lot more sense why a cave would just lead to this pirate treasure, they went into the cave, and then Josh Brolin and the girls come in after them and like try and stop them, and then there's a cave-in. So yeah. that's the reason they have to keep going forward. There could still be tons of like cool little adventure stuff, but then you could get to the cave and the adventure 15 minutes earlier. Is Data then just on his cell phone the whole time, like just playing with different apps? Is, is oh oh, you're talking about like if it's rebooted in the modern yeah, era? Yeah. See, no, I don't know if I'd want that because I think I would want Data, like Data as a when I was a kid, like Data inspired me to want to like tinker around and build shit. Like I would still want him tinkering around and building shit. Like he could still it could be cell phone activated, but like you know the boxing glove on a spring is because he like presses a button on his phone. Right. Or something. <laughs> Which seems so unnecessary. Yeah. I really know. think about it. It was an amazing moment, too, when he's like, I got this. And he's wearing this giant coat now. Yeah, it's <laughs> suddenly, obviously prepped right for this moment. And what? can we talk about the fact that when his dad shows up, he has a camera on it? Like, that is some... Why, why does the dad's camera fall apart? Because I guess like the idea is that failed? they're both idiots. Like, I'll, we're supposed to think they're both... But what, the, 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 I mean, the I'm, I'm moment more, with... I'm more attached to the fact that they, that they attached a... That they attached the, the cultural stereotype of cameras. I was just like, what? I, I think the idea of the Asian tourist with the camera is, like, just kind of a stereotype. It was American just very... Style. Like, I saw, that, I saw that and I was like, that is, that is in poor form. Yes. <laughs> right. But then, but then, then they, they have save the it with that moment. sweet line. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. my greatest invention. Oh, man. Oh, the sweetest line of the entire thing, other than sloth loved chunk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess you got to have the gangster somehow to put sloth in. Like, sloth's very important. I mean, they could just find sloth in the cave. Yeah, kind of just a golem kind yeah. of figure. Well, uh, <laughs> oh, that'd be so great because it'd be like this golem figure where they're all really freaked out, and then chunk, like, befriends it with food. Befriends him with food. Yeah. And. You know, it's a great idea. And riddles. And the thing I like, okay, so here's the other thing. So the idea that they only sort of dust over, and if you're not paying attention, you don't catch it, is that, like, Brant and Mikey's dad is a is a museum curator, yeah. and that's why they have all the pirate stuff. They don't so, dust over it. They directly say it, but the audio is so bad. The audio is terrible. don't hear it. The sound mixing alone makes this movie almost You know what? I actually unwatchable. did not know that he was a museum curator until he showed up in his museum curator costume oh, yeah. at the right, very end. Right, yeah. And I was like, is he a professor? Is he? And then you just tell me now. And I was like, oh, yeah. No, no yeah, there's totally. a... Totally. Yeah. So... Uh, like, obviously, there's a bunch of pirate stuff, so the museum it deals with these pirates, which, again, there would not be pirates in Oregon. There just would yeah, never be so pirates in Oregon. That's, like, such a mistake. But Ast- where's the Astoria. dramaturg? <laughs> uh, Astoria. We're uh, the richest people in, in Astoria. Astoria. They could have cut through so much of that exposition at the beginning if it was just... His father is a curator museum, but also maybe an archaeologist, and they are excavating like a cave that has pirates in it. And the boys go down there thinking we can find the treasure in this I, cave. I, I honestly don't even think you need that. We don't even like. Yeah, it's kind of nice the idea of they're they're gonna save their house by finding treasure. Right. <laughs> but just the idea of 
Like, that could be a fun Yeah, thing. you don't really need mm. stakes you, in a kid's movie. No. Mm. And we spent 45 minutes trying to establish stakes with gangsters and treasure maps. Like a shitload of stakes. Yeah. Like, there's so many stakes it's going on. It's sticks at the bottom of a pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, guys, to wrap up, I realized we promised our listeners something at the very beginning of this, and it was to find out if Moffratelli's tongue had actually been cut oh, out. Oh, shit. We did. My dad is full of shit. I am pretty sure. You looked it up? That no. But, I am I mean, pretty it... sure that your dad is definitely full of shit because he just stole that idea from, from the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Which would be in keeping with his weird behavior of foretelling Which, you things. You know, maybe, maybe he actually, like, you know, cut that part out. So interesting the actress's name is ann ramsey she died in 88 at age 59 she's only 55 in this movie she died very quickly after this movie uh famous for her roles as ma fratelli in the goonies and mrs lift danny devito's character's mom in throw mama from the train uh throw mama from the train got her a nomination for best supporting actress Who knew Threw Mama from a Train was a... Wow. It was even reviewed by the Academy. Look at death. Well, she died of cancer. She did not die of her tongue getting cut out. Ramsey's somewhat slurred speech is a trademark of her later performance that caused in part by having had some of her tongue and jaw removed during surgery for esophageal cancer in 1984, right before this movie was made. The year I was born. In 1988, (sighs) Ramsey's cancer returned and she died in August at the Motion Picture Television Country House and Hospital in Woodland Hills. Congratulations. Your father is not not a liar. liar. My dad, like Marshall... Vilified. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note. (laughs) All right, that's it for this week. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, guys. Do you you have anything you got to plug? Any Uh, shows you're doing? Just look up on the internet for Dick Ripper. Oh. And uh, oh. can't wait, dig ripping it up. Yep. Well, make sure to link to it on our on our website, uh-huh. uh, doistillovit.com. And Mary Dolan show uh, every last Friday of the month at Open Space in WeHo. Oh, sweet, fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, uh, this is uh, Marshall James. This is Laura Weiss. I'm Sean George. And uh, we, some of us, still loved it. I, I still loved it. <laughs> hey you guys! Hey you guys! <laughs>